ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I'm your host, AJ, here with my other host, co-host, my best friend and good buddy, Frankie Marsilio. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? How are you? Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm good, man. Uh, I went to a rager of a fifth-year-old, uh, five-year-old's birthday party yesterday. Uh, fifth, fifth year of life. This kid had a full-on closed-down ice cream parlor, black lights, everything. It was, it, it was fantastic. It may not have been like our like dream fifth grade birthday party, but it would totally have been Paul's. <laughs> and like he would have fucking loved it. So like, uh, yeah, kids are different nowadays. They want to listen to I Lady mean, Gaga. I mean, I remember like back in in our day, we went to like Plaster Funcraft and we painted, it, and then they had like this back room where they had like a party thing going on. So. I would, you know, there's a secret underworld society of raging f- five-year-old <laughs> birthday parties that I think have been going on since the 90s. Maybe, maybe, um, that, maybe that's true. Maybe we, I, I just wasn't invited. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. So it the holidays are finally over. It's the beginning of January, the year 2019. Thank you so much for uh, following us and, you know, paying attention and playing along. We're really excited for this year. We have a ton of stuff that we want to do. Um, whether that's from, you know, the last final uh, Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel. Uh, we also have Game of Thrones coming back, which is going to be really great. Uh, it's going to be a great year, so we hope that you guys stick with us, you know. Ending with uh, Star Wars Episode Nine, which, like... That's going to be crazy. Crazy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're it, it, it's, it's cool that we did 8. It's cool that we did Rogue One. I'm a little sad we didn't have the podcast going for... Uh, Force Awakens, but it it is okay. Like like when we get to this point where we cap off nine, like that's gonna be pretty sweet. Like that could be pretty awesome. So yeah, I'm thrilled. Uh, okay, um, mostly uh, you know there were a whole bunch of movies that came out during uh Christmas break. I'm sure that you've seen many of them. Some of you guys have screeners. That's awesome. We don't have that. Uh, so we had to get down and see the movies ourselves. I still haven't seen Mary Poppins. Uh, yeah. but I we did get to check out uh. Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse in what we- as well as Aquaman. So we're going to be talking about both of those. Yeah. Um yeah, a lot of movies came out like I I've heard actually positive buzz around Bumblebee, but you know, I haven't watched Transform- Transformers movie in a while and I don't know that, that might be a rental at some point. Mary Poppins I'm kind of like I would like to see but same kind of boat um but the, it's just like it bothers me the way they schedule all this stuff because now there's kind of a lull for a while and it happens like in the September time frame too. So I just wish they'd spread things out more because we have things to do, families to see and stuff like that. And so we're trying to, to see as much as we can because we want to see these movies. But anyway, I we're get, here. I get why they do it, but it also sucks. <laughs> it also sucks. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, today's episode... We will be discussing Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This is the first ever Sony Animation Studios animated version of a Spider-Man film. It focuses on the story of Miles Morales, which is a uh, character from the Ultimate Spider-Man universe, uh, which you know kind of came around in the 90s with Brian Michael Bendis and uh, a couple of other people. Uh, and here we are now, uh, where this character is now fully realized on the screen. Um, and I, I really like this movie. I think the, I think it was really, really cool. Let's do like a quick spoiler free one and then we'll dig down deep. 
What did you yeah, think? Yeah, sounds Frank? good. Yeah, it was it was great. It was a lot better than I thought it would be. I remember like last year seeing the trailer and being like, it was so psychedelic and crazy, and I you know couldn't tell what was going on. That I was just like it put like a bad taste in my mouth at the beginning of it, and so uh, you know as we got closer and closer to this movie coming out and all the positive buzz around it, I was like very surprised. So. Um, you know, it was one that I, I knew I would always see, but, uh, you know, it has a really great story. Um, the visuals are actually incredible. Um, you know, never seen anything like that on screen for animation before. Um, and, you know, they, they really kind of opened up a new niche market for themselves, like that they don't have to compete with the MCU and they could do this sort of animated thing on the side. And, you know, not, I don't think it's, uh, spoilers at all to say that they'll probably continue to do more of these movies because they're financially successful and um, people seem to enjoy them. I, I I feel you, Frank. What I feel about you so so most so much is that excuse me, that's so bad. What I feel about <laughs> you so much is that uh, this movie's animation is you know so different than what we've seen in a traditional animated movie for the times in the way that like the Incredibles is really an animated movie about superheroes. This is a superhero movie that's animated, you know? Yeah. And they really were able to, in a way that uh, people have said this, that Ang Lee's Hulk really did not capture the way that comic book panel visuals could be done on a movie screen. Uh, Like this is just done with such art and such love and understanding of the source material to show, like, because there's bazillions of Spider-Man comics, you know, yeah. to show the people who are making the movie how to set up the shots, how to relay the action, how to explain what's going on, how to reference the older movies. Like, it it really is, you know, a, a big love letter to Spider-Man. It really is. And, and I love the meta aspect of it where they have um, comic books in canon with the, in the movie because, like, Spider-Man is such a huge person in this world and so of course as 10 years of uh of having a hero in the world like there would be you know some sort of fun comics like like there are in in real history that kind of stuff obviously we don't have like super people but there there's definitely something along those lines and the um having it the the panels on screen um is another way that they they may it just really feels like you're reading a comic book and um alongside like the style of animation from like the TV shows and stuff like that, that, you know, they can do so much more than, than they can in live action. Like, I mean, the Kingpin is like the size of a freaking house. Like, <laughs> like that is sure that they could do in, in, in animation, but they can never do. I mean, obviously Vincent D'Onofrio on Daredevil is menacing and huge, but like, this is a totally different thing and it's cartoonish, but that's like totally the effect that they're going for. But then there are so many times when the movie is going that you feel like it's almost real and relatable. And like the characters, their faces are so emotive and, um, yes, I agree. Yeah. That it just, there's a lot there and it's, it it really is a, a very successful, uh, version you know that i again like i said i was very surprised and 
um, and Megan went with me, and she was very surprised like at how much she liked it because she I don't know she's kind of hit or miss with animation, and you know obviously we love the Pixar films and like the Lego movies. I've always you also really live in Brooklyn, like this is a very cool. Yeah. <laughs> This yeah. is a very cool movie in that it's totally based in Brooklyn, and that's never happened before in Spider-Man. I don't think he's even ever been there. So, like, yeah. <laughs> so to see a Spider-Man movie where you guys are living and, like, get those landmarks in, like, that's dope. Like, it's such yeah. a cool thing. Yeah. Um, it- I I, I want to say a few more things before we get into spoilers. I, the rest of the cast in this movie is really fun. Uh, it's. I don't think it's a spoiler to tell you that you see a lot of different Spider-Men in this film. Uh, you're going to see uh, a Nick Cage Spider-Man noir, which is crazy. You're going to see this little anime girl with her spider robot, and the the, the, the spider is actually driving the robot, <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, then there's Spider-Gwen, who's actually Spider-Woman. And then you also have uh, Peter B. Parker, as and Peter wet, Porker and Peter Porker from the fantastic John Mulaney, who can do no wrong in my opinion. This he's just like th- he's hitting dingers out of the park. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just perfect, <laughs> great performance. Uh, yeah. So when you see this movie, you're going to experience it in a crazy way. When you see the post credit scenes, uh, if they're also really fun, I definitely, I definitely dug it. I would highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen the film yet, which obviously we haven't gone into spoilers yet. Um, stick around past the full credits. Um, there is a scene at the very, very end. Yes. Uh, I did not know that. I had to look it up online. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay, so in three, two, one, we're going to talk about spoilers. All right, everybody. So uh, I I think I want to get into a larger philosophical argument, as I want to do, and this is mm-hmm. my spot to do that. So here, here's where I'm going to talk about that. So I think Sony made a really great move and a really smart decision in the way that they set this movie up, okay? And my belief system in that really has to do with the Avengers uh, Infinity War. Um, I think that the Marvel movies are not meant for kids, all right? Kids Mm -hmm. can go and watch them and they can experience them, but Avengers Infinity War is a real clear example that, you know, we're not going to take time and set up who Captain America is. You need to know who Captain America is in this movie. Every character... Is just in there. You've known what they're do. You know what they're doing from the other films that you've seen them in, and that's not really a great film to bring in a kid to. And it's really not a great film to bring a kid to when Spider-Man dies at the end of the movie. Um, and I think that they saw that coming and were smart enough and wise enough to see how uh, Marvel and Feige and Disney were going to kind of run this track out, and to say that hey, if we did a animated Spider-Man movie. Uh, we should definitely focus on making it really accessible to kids. What's a great way to do that? Let's animate it. All right. So in those kind of few steps, they really kind of gave themselves a great position in the market to have a lot of success. And then I think something that they've done that I think that they took a lot of risks with was, was they didn't – they as much as the post credit scene does set up sequels and stuff – I feel like if there wasn't a sequel that was greenlit and this movie bombed at the box office, mm-hmm. this would be a fine standalone one-off movie that people would love. And and they were like, you know what? Let's just go balls to the wall on this first one and do a Spider-Verse with a whole bunch of characters and see what we can do and really flex our muscles. And it, they produce something really great. And I really commend them for... Uh, 
doing Spider-Ham. I really commend them for uh, doing the retcon back to the older movies. I really commend them for having this, uh, the jokes that were really meta about Spider-Man. Um, mm-hmm. And this is a movie that if you are a geek and you know your kid likes Spider-Man, you can take your kid to this movie and he's going to lose his mind and be embracing a new character uh, and ready to move forward with this new direction. Yeah. Do you you agree with that? I agree. I think um, their positioning in the market was like perfect timing um, post-Infinity War. However, there is something I have to disagree with you with in that, yes, at the end of Infinity War, Spider-Man dies, but at the beginning of this movie, a Spider-Man dies. So like, there's okay, okay but you're but it's animated. You're so... immediately introduced to the Spider Verse. You're immediately introduced. You're yes. not even the first character that you're seeing. You see this movie with is Miles. You're paying attention to Miles. The little kids can relate to Miles because Miles isn't Peter Parker in the sense that we are. That right. like we're old dudes. You know, he's a P- Peter Parker in this universe is an old guy. Yeah. You know, so I no I they do kill Spider Man, but they kill Spider Man in a really beautiful way. They do. And go ahead. It's it's I kind of saw it coming and, you know, it's like, oh, wow, there is a a Peter Parker. And okay, that is not Jake Johnson's voice, which it was Chris Pine, which I thought was also a really good get uh, because he has that sort of like stoic voice. And he sounded um, I mean, he he just sounded like a really strong superhero, you know, like and and so I had felt like the writing was on the wall and like, you know, he there was going to be something bad that happens to him, whether he got sucked into the Spider-Verse or he got killed. And, you know, it's, it, it is a sad way to start the film, but it, it really, like, is that first um, inciting moment for, like, all the Spider characters that had, you know, somebody that they lost in the beginning. Like, and it, it's it's got a little bit of... <laughs> it's, like, a little bit like the Santa Claus, actually. Like, how it's like, oh, you killed the last Spider-Man, now you got to pick up the mantle and keep going. Um, yeah, in a, in, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the holidays are still on my mind. Yeah. Um, but Listen, Tool Time, Tim. What <laughs> what I mean is that, you know, I get it. They do kill Spider-Man in the first 10 minutes of this movie. You're right. But they kill Spider-Man in a way that, you know, first of all, makes total sense. Like, I think a little kid has really no context to seeing Spider like if you if look imagine your kid's 5 you brought your 5 year old kid to Avengers Infinity War for his yeah. first movie he sees the end of this movie Spider-Man evaporates mm-hmm. he has no context of why that happened he doesn't know about the Jim Starlin comics that you know this is Thanos's ultimate plan like he's not going to you know he's not sure. going to put that together I don't think I think that's a pretty complex concept yeah. so the the way that they kill Spider-Man here like you see Kingpin who's arguably the the big bad of the Spider-Man comics which we've never ever really truly seen before done mm-hmm. so awesomely by Liev Schreiber this man's yep. fucking G like he did a great job they made him sympathetic like they knew that they had to do that from the get go uh I lo- I loved it I was so enthralled and so happy to finally get you know, probably the best the best version so far of Kingpin, even though it's animated. Like, I know that we're not going to... Are we going to get a really great Fisk in the MCU? Like, is D'Onofrio going to stay? Are they going to keep him? Like, it sounds like they would have to, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that, that would be interesting. I would love to see him go up against Spider-Man. Oh, but... my God, yes. Like, I... I like, 
we would all lose our fucking minds. You know, are they trying to set that up? Like that would be that could be something they could do. They also Marvel wants to do this whole new thing with Disney Plus, and that's like that could be a whole new yeah. episode. I think uh, I think it's tough though because like his, the Fisk from Daredevil is so dark and so. I mean, all the Netflix shows are are really violent. That I don't know if they're going to have that kind of violence on Disney Plus or on the big screen. And so, like, to know the backstory of what he's done is kind of like, I don't know. To see him go up against uh, Tom Holland's Spider Man seems like it would be. Anyway, we're getting off, but like, I agree. I think uh, Kingpin in this, it was really great to have him as as the villain, very sympathetic, and you know. If you don't know anything about Kingpin, like, which they don't really, that no, set they up a lot, but but they, they do, they do enough. it perfectly. They yeah. do it perfectly. Like, you don't need to know too much more. Like, we know he's rich. We know he's big. Perfect. <laughs> like, great. Yep. <laughs> you know, and then you get his like tragic backstory, and then you, boom, you're in. Like, yep. That's what that's what they need to do, and and they did. A, that was it. Was very cool. It. I also loved the nods to the other villains. I didn't know if I loved the way that Green Goblin looked in this universe in the yeah. first part. That looked a little crazy to me. <laughs> I mean, I, but I don't I know lo- if there okay. is something along the lines in the comics where it's like he evolves and becomes this gigantic monster. I don't know, but that's oh my God. very crazy. <laughs> Listen, the gender bender for jo- Doc Octopus, oh my fucking God. I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, it um, she was great. That's such a great thing to do. I hope that they do that in the movie and that they don't do uh, a, another, like, you can't really beat Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. That's how good they're saying he is by doing this. You know what I yep. mean? Yep. They're being like, listen, it's too good. We're not going to try to redo that. He's not going to come back. We don't have Toby. Like, let's just do, uh, you know, a new version. And, oh, my God, fantastic. Uh, that's where you meet Spider Woman, which is Gwen Stacy's version. Uh, there's also Peter. Okay, let's we could set up a little bit more of the other Spider Mans now, I guess. Sure. Uh, so Peter B. Parker is Jake Johnson. Yep. Okay, he's from TV shows. And he's, he's from pretty, New Girl. He's in Jurassic World. Some other things. But he's yeah. he's very funny. He does yeah, a great job. Uh, yeah, great, fine. Um, who's Gwen Stacy? Um, Haley Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld. Okay, remember, yeah, she was in True Grit, right? <laughs> she's she's in Bumblebee now too. She's right in Bumblebee now, so right now. She's got a, having a good Christmas. Oh, that's true. Okay, we gotta go see Bumblebee. Hmm. Fuck. Okay, <laughs> then all right. You also have Nicolas Cage, who's also in a superhero movie, but this time, you know, I imagine it's for the kids. <laughs> Because yeah. she's not playing a flaming head of a skull <laughs> riding around a motorcycle. Well, and the thing that I said to Megan is, like, I really appreciated that they had Spider-Man Noir in there, but I don't think I would have liked it as much if it wasn't Nick Cage. Like, they got the it perfect casting. Be, it has and to had be to Nick be. Cage. Yeah. <laughs> so that was great. I loved that. I uh, The animated Spider-Person, I wasn't, like, very invested in. It, lo- it looks very interesting to me, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if I had stayed for the trailer, I would have gotten much more excited because I did like Spider-Man 2099. That's a pretty cool thing. Um, and we've disclosed spoilers, so if anyone gets mad at me for saying that, yeah. I'll be upset with you. <laughs> so, and, and then in the credits it said that that was Oscar Isaac, which is kind of yeah. cool. Um, and I, I just love that, that they used the meme of, of the 1967 Spider-Man, like, 
in this movie. I, I think it. Uh, it's great. It, it's, it's it was great. Um, but also sets up like this idea that the Spider Verse is like opened and kind of like they can maybe have more traveling in between. Like even at the end of the movie before the credits hit, you have uh, Gwen reaching out to to Miles. So like they're like even though they killed the collider like there's still yeah, the possibility they, for them to cross over no they have like new technology that comes from i'm sorry they have new technology that comes from miguel o'hara's universe in 2099 that allows them to jump through universes that is what they're that is what the retconnable <laughs> jimmy Dev- goober will be goober <laughs> that was great i love that because we we do that with them anyway and yeah. like they knew that at this point, we all know it's some fucking Tesseract or the Ether or the Super Collider. Or it, yeah. It can just be the goober. <laughs> but, but it was also great as they're, like, going – escaping the, the lab that they're taking, like, the full computer because, yeah. like, we don't have enough time. Like, yeah, it was that, was that was also really great. Great news. We don't need the monitor. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I thought uh, Mahershala Ali as the Prowler was – uh, pretty good. He he's so he's so good with his voice. Um, who played the dad? Who was Miles Morales's dad? Um, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but I also remember that I didn't recognize him. So okay, he was. He fan- did a great job though. He was fantastic. Um, it's interesting though that I feel like his mother wasn't as much of a a player in the movie. She was kind of there, but. You know, yeah. it, it's definitely focused on the the father figures, um, which, which is fine. I it just, and it's, I think, especially interesting because like it's they're probably playing on the idea that Peter Parker, like while he was influenced by Uncle Ben, like he really was raised through his Spider Man career by Aunt May, and so it, it's kind of a reversal there, I, I guess. Um, it's and, kind, and but I, it's also really cool because it's kind of like the uh spider-man story like kind of amped up in a way because instead of it being gwen stacy's father who's the cop now it's his kind of dad who's the cop (laughs) like that's like the stakes are really high there Uh, yeah well and it's interesting because like i guess maybe two-thirds of the way through the movie um again spoilers when prowler dies and so he's got this other you know death on his shoulders like you see his father kind of really upset and like i feel like he's going to become like a villain and be you know so anti-spider-man but by the end of the movie he's like rooting for him again and they have like a moment and like hey like <laughs> like it's it's good so I, i'm glad that they kind of brought it back around and it, and that they didn't set them up to be um against each other um because there's a, there's enough villains to go around that they don't need to do that oh my god so many villains uh Okay, so uh, again, larger philosophical question: mm-hmm. Do you think that this is the Spider Verse is better than a Sinister Six? Because I think maybe it is. Uh yeah. <laughs> you know, like I just think that this worked. I think that this was better. Like they did it. They did an Avengers that was so accessible. All Spider People. <laughs> yeah. And and from canon, like totally real shit, you yeah. could go figure out and read if you wanted to, mm-hmm. and but all there for the taking. And I think it's really good good of them to know that they had to go this way. 
Um, I don't know what a sequel would look like for this movie. I really don't. I think that it's, uh, you know, I obviously we know the character this is they, that they want to bring in. Um, but I think that this, the, ne the next place that they go from this, if it's not just going to be all spinoffs, uh, I think could be, you know, also really interesting. But I don't know if it's going to ever capture the magic of this movie. Yeah, I think that's the problem with going so big in the beginning. Like, you know, they could have made it a smaller story of Miles, Mora Miles Morales first becoming Spider-Man and taking the mantle from Peter Parker and having, you know, something like generic Spider-Man movie, you know, like the ones we've seen already. But they went so big with introducing so many other characters and and, and blowing up this world that, yeah, they really can go anywhere. But it, that also is is limiting in the sense that they've, they've done something so big already. And like, how do they top that? Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I think there's been talks of sequels. There's been talks of spinoffs. Um, we'll see. I, I hope that they do something cool. Um, Cause you know, I mean, I would definitely go see it. I, you know, it's definitely um, more interesting than I thought it could have been. And um, there's a lot of heart in this movie too, that like, I don't think we've necessarily talked about. It. I I really like the kind of core trio. Like while the, while yes, there's like a a team of Avengers of six Spider people. Like you have your uh, Peter B. Parker as his like mentor, but also you have Gwen Stacy as like kind of a love interest. But like the they they were interacting from the start of the movie. You know, unbeknownst to Miles that like she right. was thrown through time and and um. So like it made it, for me it, it was uh, important that those characters were more fleshed out than say like the other three, um, and then like I think that we got a totally badass Aunt May in this, and that was kind of awesome. <laughs> They're getting very creative with the different incarnations of Aunt May. I think that they right. you, they really have a good spread. <laughs> you know, uh, yep. I you know I would have loved to have seen what Sally Field could have done. I think she was probably the best acted Aunt May. Mm -hmm. uh, but I love Marissa Tomei, Aunt May, because I think she is probably the easiest, like, you know, connection to, you know, Tom Holland. Like, they have such great chemistry. This Aunt May, Lily Tomlin, I loved the Spider Cave. I thought that was fucking fantastic. And that they had a really nice rapport. She seemed, like, fully involved in all of the Spider-Man goings-on. Uh, she knew what the goober was. She knew how to help the other people. I loved it. I thought that was a really nice touch and, you know, easily the most badass anime. Yeah, it, it, and it really tied it all together, like, this idea that Peter Parker had been a, a hero in, in New York City for, like, 10 years, and at some point he had to reveal his his powers to her and that, like, it's it's just a really cool... I love the, the spider cave. It's so cool. Like, I, I'm surprised that no one said, like, a Batman reference or something there because, like, they probably could have, but... They probably they probably could have they got away with the Superman reference in the first movie, but you know, are they gonna really try to push it? No, I don't think so. No. Uh, I okay, that's something that wasn't in this movie that I think will allow this movie to go on for a long time. It doesn't have a fucking reference in it at all. Like yeah. think about the last two Spider-Man movies, like how heavily they rely on cultural references, like, and how dated that's gonna feel in ten to twenty years, like this movie could live on it's gonna play like it's gonna play forever um, yeah that's a good I, point so i i love that uh i 
I think this movie sig- uh, signifies a really like good self awareness from Sony. Um, I am excited to see how they play it out going forward. It was cool to see the Spider-Man video game get-up costume in the Spider-Cave. Mm-hmm. I am so excited to dig into that video game. Unfortunately, I'm still playing the virtual reality games I got, but once I get to Spider-Man, I'm, I, I, I can't fucking wait. I'm really excited to dive into this world, and that little nod like is great, and like they got that. They got to how, to how to do that and set that up in this little movie. I've also heard Pray Tell, and this could be, you know, straight tales out of school, but we could talk about this now, that Sony considered contacting Garfield and Maguire. Yeah. But, but Marvel went to them and said, hey, don't do it for this movie. Don't blow your load. Let's save it for the sequel. Do you believe that? Well, and that was sort of – you reminded me of what I was going to say say uh we're kind of on the same wavelength um i don't know i mean because what i was going to ask was do we think that the the peter parker from this universe the ones the one that died at the beginning is the toby Maguire spider-man because like they have so many references like they have um the train sequence they have the kiss upside down they have um like just the story is so similar like I don't know. It, it made me wonder, but there's enough differences. And then the idea that Peter B. Parker, his life is so similar to, I guess, Prime's Peter Parker, like that there's just a slight deviation. So maybe there is a third one that is the Tobey Maguire one, but, you know? But let me ask you this. Yes. Is, is our belief, is Chris, is Chris Pine Prime Peter Parker actually in reality peter parker b and peter and peter b parker is actually prime peter parker because there is no miles morales in his universe and Mm. we can assume that after he returns after this event he picks up the mantle of spider-man again he's also been spider-man for the same if not longer period of time and has already broken up with uh mj so maybe it's that uh the miles morales uh chris pine prime spider-man is actually the B Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, so, listen, we can get lost in that for a, g- a good fucking hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we're not going to bore the fuck out of you people with that. Uh, listen, I-, I think that it's very possible that the prime Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 plots of the original films takes place in both Peter B. Parker and Peter Prime Pime Parker, uh, <laughs> where you have them, they both accomplish, you know, the defeat of uh, Green Goblin, a Doc, Doc Ock, Ock, and as well as Venom and uh, Sandman. Uh, who knows about Hobgoblin and James Franco, you know, and Har- and Harry Osborn? Um, you know that you know remains to be seen. Uh, mm-hmm. There was ne- there was a giant, humongous green goblin, so that confused the fuck out of the timeline for everyone. So they almost fucking nailed it, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, but that's what's great. They they were able to reference those movies in in kind of a meta way that it's like, oh, if you've seen them, you'll get those references. You'll understand where uh, these characters came from. But like, it's different enough that it's up to like the audience perspective, like, cause they're going to be people that have all these theories and like, we're kind of diving into it ourselves, but you know, 
whether or not it's true, it doesn't really matter. And but you're right. Maybe they do get. I would love to hear Toby do his voice again. I would love to hear Andrew Garfield in there. But like, I don't. I don't know. I I, I would think that the Andrew Gar- Andrew Garfield version would be a whole nother universe or uh, dimension. I guess they call it in this because that story so, is different enough. To me, I think the logical step is like they have the little thingies and they can travel through the dimensions and they have to go and like do some research a la the next adventures movie <laughs> uh sure and they're hopping through universes and you know we pop in and we see mcguire we see holland or we see uh you know garfield and, and i'm sure that they would be down to do that because they've uh you know they've expressed so much love not andrew garfield necessarily but i think people love him yeah nobody ever well, hated andrew garfield andrew garfield was never really the problem no no um, and I, you know, I think it's a total possibility if, if they already did the 67 animated Spider-Man, there's no reason why they can't do it. No. You know? No. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun ride. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, we haven't even really talked about the visuals. Like there are moments in this where I, did you see it in regular or 3d? Do they have it in 3d? I don't, oh, know. I don't know. I don't think I saw it in 3d. I did not see it in 3D, but what I, my, my point was is that there are moments where, like, you're looking, they're focused in on a character, and then the background has, like, this blurriness to it that's got this, like, red and blue tinge that's almost like if you take your 3D glasses off. Yeah. Um, so it's just, like, there's so many depths and layers, and the colors are just, like... Sure. It's art, It's really artfully done. It, yeah. It, it, I appreciated when you said before it felt very psychedelic. I also felt it was a little psychedelic, but I felt that it, it kind of captured... Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. So, like, you know, we ha- there's been so many Spider-Man movies, but it's easier to do Spider-Man climax in the rain, not necessarily the whole movie in the rain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a whole Spider-Man movie kind of in the winter in the rain. And you're capturing those textures against all of New York City. And yeah. that really fucking works. Yeah. Um, it looks really nicely. I appreciated the way that they... Um, every single character... Uh, every single character's universe had their own kind of distinct and unique look. The, you know, the anime robot girl had a, you know, a more anime looking universe. The mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage character had a full black and white universe. The Spider Gwen character had a universe that looked, you know, a little bit more anime, a little bit more techno driven, but not yeah, too vibrant. From, yeah. Uh, you know, Spider Ham, you know, more of an Acme <laughs> Warner Brothers kind of a world. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, I think that they really did a nice job in differentiating uh, where the characters were coming from and their unique style of animation within the uh, the panels of the movie. It looked yeah. really cool. It helped you distinct them, distinguish them even more. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I, I really love the Nick Cage noir look, and then you have this, like, Rubik's Cube that he's solving that's like what what color is this again? <laughs> All of the Spider Man toys are in this movie. Yeah. Like in in a way that the Lego Batman was like a big ode to all the Batman toys. <laughs> like yeah. this was also kind of that. <laughs> you know? You had the spider buggy, all that kind of stuff. What I was gonna ask was like, do you feel like this was enough? Like when we were talking about Venom a few months ago, like it, it was like, okay, this is an isolated Venom character without Spider-Man, at least for now. Um, and that's kind of the issue that Sony has always had, is that it's it's really only has the, 
the cast of characters from the Spider-Verse. Um, whereas, you know, MCU is continuing to get more and more characters back in its pocket. Like, do you feel like them being able to introduce all these other spider characters is is good enough? Or would you like to see, you know, uh, other Marvel characters, you know, like Daredevil, Wolverine, or um, other ones that, even an Avenger or something like that, that, like, on TV you can sure. see, but you can't see in the films? Okay, I... Th- Here's my hope. My hope is that in the next six months, Apple buys Sony's movie studio, the Spider-Man bites, the Spider-Man rights revert back to Disney, and everybody's happy. It just in case that doesn't happen. Mm. Um, I don't think that this animated version of Spider-Man will cross over with any of the characters that we would necessarily want them to. Mm-hmm. Having said that, there are a whole bunch of other kind of adjacent characters that they've wanted to do for a while but haven't done yet. And I think that that's coming with a Spider-Gwen sequel um, in that they'll do, you know, a Black Cat and a Sable, Silver silver Sable movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll be interesting because it'll, it'll be kind of this interesting counterpoint to Birds of Prey if and when that does come out where you'll have a trio of, you know, kind of questionable superheroes and then a a trio of female spider superheroes, and then they're all going to be in their own movies, and we'll see how they interact within their own universes going forward, if that's the way we're all going to dig it. Uh, But no, like, if they could do an animated Miles Morales and fucking Matt Murdock Daredevil, boom. Huge. That'd be awesome. (laughs) Would fucking love that. But I think we'd all rather and prefer... To have uh, fucking, what's his name, uh, McCoy, show up in Far From Home or in a, or in a Spider-Man threequel where we're seeing him in the larger expanse of New York City getting into fights and then Matt Murdock shows up to deal with some shit and they're just like in the movie together. It doesn't even have to be a huge part of the movie. Sure. In, the, in the same way that Iron Man was in Homecoming have fucking Daredevil show up and hang out with Spider-Man and teach him some shit. You can get glimpses of the Defenders if you want to. But you don't even need to because Daredevil is that cool and that relevant and so New York City-based. Like, they could do that. Unfortunately, these animated movies will never do that. Uh, Yeah, it's a shame because... It will never happen with Wolverine because Wolverine and Spider-Man have a great relationship. Yeah, I I think what I mean by it's a shame is that they they have the ability to do so much in terms of animation that like they're not restricted like like i said before you have a a brick house of a a kingpin but they're restricted by the rights and that is just another thing that continues to drive us crazy um but yeah i mean i think they there's enough there and they they've shown that like even even just within a regular universe for spider-man there's enough of a rose gallery and villains that that they they could do the movies from from now to the end of time, but introducing this multiverse is like s- such a great thing. For this them. is the only sp- this is the only Marvel character they can really do that with. Sure, you know, I mean, I love everybody else, but th- Spider Man has the Rogues Gallery. He's the Batman. He has the big cavalcade of bad guys to go through and fight through that cross through into other things, and you know. Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit in uh, the upcoming podcast about Black Manta. Uh, but, you know, this guy, you know, 
we're gonna get a venom in this universe like they'll do that soon like sure. that'll like they'll do that in the animated in these animated uh, versions uh you know we already got scorpion you already got uh lizard fuck face you already got dr <laughs> octopus um you know there's a whole bunch of other guys that they can do that are more like b guys but they're set i'm sure that they're setting up a sinister six in the in this universe and that they'll do it there before they ever do it with uh tom holland because they don't have they they won't do that they know i i hope that they know if they don't get bought by some bought by apple which i do hope that they do but if they don't um they know that they have to hold on to this shit that this is where the money yeah. can be made and that if the, that Tom Holland Spider-Man is almost like a loss for them, like a write-off, you know, in a way where they can be like, all right, like, we'll give the fans, like, what they want. It's not what we want to do, like, kind of fuck them, but listen, like, we'll have it so that if it's in their universe and they're happy, fuck you. Let's do these, let's do new shit. Let's do yeah. a crazy video game. Let's do this animated version. Let's do all the spinoffs to this animated version. Like, they're gonna have they're gonna have a lot of material with this. I'm sure that they'll also have a great TV show for this to come out with eventually. Um, oh. You know, in a similar way that they've done a Black Panther TV show, and they've done a... They have a Avengers and a Spider-Man cartoon right now, uh, but I'm sure that they'll do a Miles Morales one. It, it makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a very relatable character, and I think that we're lucky to have him. I think his costume looks awesome. Um He's so, so good. He and the, uh, the way that they capture his youth is really awesome because mm-hmm. that's something that got away from those Raimi Spider-Man movies is that he was it's it's definitely a Spider-Man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Tom Holland is just a small individual, so I don't think he's going to be ever really a true Spider-Man Spider-Man. Uh, but this kid <laughs> is a young kid and they can yeah. animate him and make him grow and show him growing and we'll see that and grow with him. And and speaking of that, uh, you will fit into the costume. The comments from Stanley. Um, <laughs> it's it was great to see. Oh my god! God, that was it was tough. But you know, like they gave him some good lines. I mean, there was a. It wasn't just one throwaway line like some of the other shows, uh, other movies. So I, I appreciate that that was in there and that he wait was till, able to wait till we really start seeing him posthumously when he's really you know he's dead but there's going to be a live stanley on the screen yeah like that'll be that'll be some new shit and apparently they have them for a while <laughs> yeah so okay yeah. um all right so all right listen folks we dug this movie we hope you dig it too please go out and check it out uh if you wouldn't mind uh, please go ahead and give our podcast a subscribe on whatever podcast player you're using. Uh, it helps us to um, you know, reach out and get more followers. If you could leave us a rating or review, that would just be the most awesome thing in the world. But until next time, uh, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcast. You can also email us, info at, LL, at Long Lost Heroes Podcast. Excuse me. Info at longlostheroespodcast.net. Nope, still long wrong. Lost, long, <laughs> nope. Info at longlostheroes.net. There you the go. Podcast. Uh, that's stupid. We should probably change that. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, please, uh, you know, remember that this intro was done with love <laughs> and it was meant to sound cool. Uh, and I'm good. I'm AJ. I'm Frank. Thank you very much, everybody. 